great day, amazing human. Welcome to the Empowered In My Skin podcast, where our mission is to help 1 billion people in this world think in more empowering ways. Empower humans, empower humans. So you are in the right spot to become a lead domino for empowerment today. My name is Inke Chi. I'm not only your host, but I am a vibrant optimist obsessed to bring you empowering content with each episode. We will be bringing you content alternating between longer episodes with feature guests and shorter episodes called Empowering Bites, where I'll be joined by my co-host, Gabby Mamone. So if you're ready, let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of my third Bloom podcast series. And so excited, you know, I'm hosting this alongside my co-host. That's me, Trisha Blake. I am the CEO and founder or CAO, as one of my friends recently called me, Chief Awesome Officer of My Third Bloom, which is an online community uh, created specifically to empower those experiencing perimenopause and menopause uh, by offering a supportive and inclusive uh, community that understands their unique experiences guided by empathy and fueled by innovation. We provide support, education, and resources. And we also have a very special guest that I'd like her to introduce herself. Hello, hello, everyone. I am Trudy German. I coach perimenopausal women how to navigate this change with ease, how to um, start living a healthy lifestyle so you can get rid of um, excess belly fat, increase your energy, mood, and confidence. Ooh, I love it. Train with Trudy. <laughs> I love it. And we actually found, we actually learned about your whole drive and passion to help women in this space on Instagram. And so the timing was perfect. And uh, so really, really excited that she said yes, because I tried you and I had an old email of yours from, from when was it? Body, body, body uh, envy. Body envy. envy. <laughs> Yeah, I should have bounced to the new one, but whatever. We got it. We got it. We, we got it. it so, yeah. So, very so Trish and I are very, really excited to host you here and really talk about this really, really important um, topic. So, you know, before we get into sort of the curated questions, you know, what made you really want to hone in on this, right? Like, because it's very, very specific and you've been and you're very bold about sharing that this is something that you're doing. Um, a few reasons. One, I am 44 and perimenopausal. <laughs> it started around three years ago during the pandemic. Two, um, a lot of my clients are also coming to me with similar symptoms, and I want to be able to help them. I have the mindset, if you see a problem, um, become the solution instead of pawning it off, Get try to understand it. And three, I... It's a topic that we really don't understand. We aren't really taught about it. We know about it, but what do we really, really know? Or I should say we know of perimenopause and we know of menopause, but what do we really know about it? And a lot of us are going through it, are 
or are going to be going through it. So I'm like, we need to understand what our bodies are going to be going through so we don't think we're losing our mind so we know when we are there. And so, you know, we're better equipped to go through this with ease. Because the way I look at it, if you make it to menopause, to perimenopause, girl, you made it far. Because <laughs> it is a pleasure. Not everyone gets to live to this age to experience it, right? That's true. It's interesting that you say that because um, I think Trisha and maybe you can you could probably add to that. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm as the co-host I'm I'm gonna ask my co-host questions too. <laughs> but uh, Trisha, very very uh, parallel to why you felt the need to create a space, right? So you know, Trudy is someone who wants to give voice. You're creating a space where we can give voice in. And so for you, what was that? What was that catalyst? Uh, the catalyst was really about finding the resources. So, you know, we talk about menopause. Um, it's almost like a bad word. And you, finding the resources is a challenge. Like, where do you look? There's so much. Um, looking for something that is evidence-based. The fact that, you know, we're, I'm experiencing something or my friends are experiencing it, but we're not talking about it. And how do we create safe spaces that, you know, empowers and encourages women to be able to talk about what's happening with our bodies because mm. society doesn't really allow us to talk about it unless, you know, you're going through a different phase of your reproductive, you know what I mean, life stage. This stage, there's like, no, no, we, we, you're going through the change. They say the change, the M word, all of the things. And it's really to uh, redefine and change the narrative on that conversation. And, you know, why is, why is it like it's a, it's a change? No, I'm blooming. That is why I was like, it's my third bloom. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, go we're entering into my third bloom. And I think we can uh, position ourselves from uh, like a position of power mm -hmm. and to kind of take back what it means, how we're feeling, uh, educate ourselves, mm -hmm. um, because I think even within our own communities, just the stigmas and the, it's taboo and we don't talk about it. And why not? Mm -hmm. You know, we can we can help each other. So mm -hmm. that's really what was driving, driving me to uh, to start my third bloom. Well, kudos to both of you. And I love it. And so as we talk about how about we talk about the power of the pooch then, since we want to come from a, a powerful so treating, right out the gate, right What's out the, the gate. Let's, uh, so you know, pair, we know that there's a lot of unique challenges that women face through this phase, and so can you explain why the menopause pooch becomes a concern for many women during this phase of life? Sure. Um, I want to touch a bit on what Trisha had mentioned about you know menopause being a taboo in our community. Mm. I'm 44. Growing, I was raised by my grandmother in Jamaica. I never heard of menopause. She, it right? was called the change. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, as a child, you're like, what is the change? But back then, you just hear it and you left it alone. Because first of all, you don't get in grown folks' business. Mm. And so that generation also didn't explain anything to us, right? So it was like, when I became an adult and start learning about it, and I remember how my grandmother was, I'm like, oh, that was the change. <laughs> right. I just want to talk about those things. And when I had clients 
who was going through it. And I would ask, okay, so, you know, did your mom do this? They would look at me and they'd be like, girl, you know, our moms didn't teach us these things. Mm. And like our moms didn't teach us, our grandmothers didn't teach us. A lot of doctors I'm learning aren't even yeah. taught it. So I'm like, who's going to help us during mm. this phase? Exactly. <laughs> so for the menopause pooch, and whenever I say this, I get a, especially on Instagram where I'm very active, I usually get a pushback. It's like, why do you focus on so much on losing belly fat? Um, because 90% of the women coming to me, that's the number one symptom they're complaining about. That's the first thing they notice. They're telling me, I've never struggled with weight before, or you know, it's just coming on so fast. Usually what's happening at that stage is, Naturally, we lose muscle mass as we mature, right? As, as, as our numbers climb on the calendar, we lose body, we lose muscles. Now, that, that's, that happens for a few reasons. A lot of us don't have time to work out. Society still tells women that, you know, if they lift weights, they're going to look manly. So they don't want to lift weights. Or when they lift weights, they lift like two or three pounds, which isn't um, enough force, enough pressure. So you're naturally losing belly fat as you're getting older. You're not doing anything to combat that. You're sitting more. You're probably also not getting enough sleep at night. And this is when you also build and repair muscles. You don't have energy. So that's usually why the menopause pooch becomes such a big thing. And they're like, oh, I'd like to gain it in my fat. Yeah, in my back or my legs. That's fine and dandy. We'd all like to do that. But around our midsection is where it goes, right? So, and it's not, I tell women this. It is not about a bikini. If you want to lose it because it's a bikini, you want to look amazing in a bikini, that's fine. But my goal when I work with women is studies have shown that the larger the number of your waistline is, the more you're um, at risk for high blood pressure, diabetes, um, high cholesterol and things like that. So I'm like, if you can do your part to lower those risks, as opposed to being on medication, let, let, let's try to be proactive as opposed to reactive, right? Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you say that because uh, this month, actually, October being World um, Menopause Awareness Month, uh, the theme is cardiovascular, you know, awareness of cardiovascular health and all the things that, you just touched on, you know, as it relates to sugar, if it's insulin, you know, higher rates of uh, increased blood pressure, you know, mm -hmm. once you're entering uh, into this phase, higher levels of stress and all of those things, it makes a wonderful cocktail when your hormones are fluctuating to uh, perhaps, you know, get a, get a pooch. You know, it's not a Gucci bag, but it's definitely. <laughs> I think it's, definitely it's, pooch. it's pooch, not pouch. Pooch, not, not pouch. Let's, let's, stay, let's stay on track. Let's stay on track. Pooch, I love that one. <laughs> Ironically enough, I didn't even know it was World Perimenopausal Month until we're halfway through the month now, about a week ago. I knew it was breast cancer awareness month but i was like oh i didn't even realize perimenopause yeah. 
as a month. And this is another thing, and I speak openly about these on my Instagram um, platform and TikTok. There's a difference between perimenopause and menopause. Mm. A lot of us do not know the difference. Mm. I did not know the difference until about four or five years ago. So whenever a woman says to me, I think I'm going through menopause. You don't know when you're going through menopause because menopause is when you've gone 12 consecutive months Mm. without a period. So you don't know until you're actually Uh. there 12 consecutive months. So I tell women, if you're spotting in between, if you're getting irregular periods, that is not menopause. Everything else is perimenopause, the hot flashes, Mm. the night sweats, and then 12 consecutive months without a period, boom, that's menopause. Then everything else after is post-menopause. Mm. But we kind of group everything together, which is also misleading and lack of education, mm-hmm. right? So I have a question on that then, because if I'm following this, mm-hmm. menopause is a point in time. Yes. It's, it's almost like the, the day one after that 12 period. months. It's, 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 like, it's really yeah, like almost like one day. Day one. So <laughs> at the 12-month mark, you mm-hmm. you you hit menopause. There and we go. anything and- on the other side of it is post-menopause. So my question Precise. to you is, as somebody who's not educated in this space, what happens if you get a period at month 13? Um, is that possible? I've never heard of that. Okay. I don't know. I'm just asking. Normally, um, I guess if, I mean, that's, yeah. if that's an issue, to be honest, I would highly suggest seeing your doctor. Part of what I also do with my clients is I let them know right off the jump. I am not a naturopathic doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. And it's important that I let them know that because I like to say, I stay in my lane. If I'm the only one in the car, I'm not going in the HOV lane, right? Mm -hmm. So if they should be experiencing that, then something's really off Mm -hmm. and they should definitely see Mm -hmm. their their doctor. It could be something else, right? Mm -hmm. It could be a type of hormonal issues. Mm So before, before we go into, before I go to the next question, I think the one thing that comes back to me, and it's something that both you and Trisha have already said, and so asking you both this, right? Like, our mothers didn't talk about it, and I'll just put my mom in there as well. Like, you know, um, I, I think she, she, there was something that she was going through. I don't remember, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember what she called it or how she labeled it or whether we even talked about it. It could have been, like, totally ignored. I'm not quite sure. But so here we are in our, I'm, I'm 51 on this, you know, 51. Trisha just passed over 50 and, and you said you're 44. And so there's a lot of black women that are likely in the similar boat as us, right? And, uh, and we need the fast forward to get the education. But there are probably some core things that we should just um, embrace and, 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 and start to like dispel the shame. What would those be for you both? Um, for me first is, and to address what you said, our, our mothers didn't talk about anything because they came from a generation. You don't talk about anything. I've realized that my friends and I, we have this conversation. They didn't talk about anything because their mothers didn't. Yeah. We yeah, just, they came from a different generation mm-hmm. where you didn't, Talk about your body. You you didn't. I'm Jamaican. Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. You don't bring the business outside, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So a lot of right. us 
are from that. So, and that also comes with such ignorance when women start going through the changes, when they start experiencing things like vaginal dryness, when they start experiencing BO, which they've never had before, when they start um, having dry, itchy skin, when they start experiencing bleeding gum, when they start experiencing incontinence, they're like, they feel ashamed because they don't have anyone Mm -hmm. to talk to. To their doctors to talk, they're not talking about any talking with anyone about it, so they're suffering in silence. And this is why I realized I have a platform, it is my duty to educate you as much as possible. And as a black woman, a majority of my followers, my community are black women, and you know, that resonates with them because they're like they're at that phase, they're mm-hmm. going to the doctors, the doctors are telling them nothing's wrong, they're okay because the doctors also aren't trained. So I think, so some of the things that you can do, first of all, pay attention to your body. We don't pay enough to attention to our bodies to learn when the changes are happening because we're busy doing other things. We're busy parenting the parent, parenting our children, um, you know, working our careers, we don't pay attention to our bodies. Pay attention to your body. Notice subtle changes because sometimes those subtle cha- those changes start off subtle, but then we ignore them and they they um they, you know they become something greater. So one, pay attention to your body. Mm-hmm. Also, start noticing and tracking the changes. Look at your period. Um, you know track them are they coming further apart are they coming too close are they popping up like jack in the box (laughs) are they getting heavier or lighter i'm assuming all of that okay Mm -hmm. all of that are they are they getting heavier lighter are you experiencing more pains during your period are you um experiencing incontinence like there's what we also don't understand they're like over 80 perimenopausal symptoms my mind was blown when I found this out, because I thought it was just hot flashes, because that's what we heard about. We heard about hot flashes, night sweats. So when I'm learning about everything else, and I'm like, wait, what? No one thought of me. (laughs) I'm like, no wonder we thought we were losing our minds when we got there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think in addition to that, um, along the lines of opening the conversation and having honest conversations about it. I spoke about it earlier, providing those safe spaces, you know, where people can discuss their experiences. Um, In my regular day-to-day work, we speak a lot about awareness and understanding and it's finding, uh, providing, I think, accurate information about it, you know, hosting the webinars, the workshops, info sessions, like in communities, uh, so that we can better understand that this is a natural um, process. You know, even looking into when we speak of community, um, forming communities or s- support groups. You know, we have support groups for so many other things. Um, it just allows us to know that we're not alone. Uh, the other aspect, I think, too, is the mental health support. Menopause can have a significant impact on our mental health and, you know, just all of the, the, the different, you know, connections, like providing the resources and support for, you know, they say what anxiety is another one of those symptoms, sometimes depression, 
during this phase. So what are those supports that are out there? And I think too, uh, celebrating the transition, you know, like um, when, when you change the language mm. of what you call it, you can emphasize um, what, 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 what it is and how you can possibly thrive. Mm. You know, there are, yes, there are some negative aspects, but I also think it brings in some positive ones too. Mm-hmm. And it's a time when we, we can, you know, when we come together, we talk, have open conversations, look for the supports that are out there. We can, we can feel more confident or even self-assured and empowered, um, empowered during, I think this, this phase of life. And I feel that the conversations themselves are very empowering. So how do your programs, um, Trudy, sort of start to address some of those like common physical and emotional changes that uh, women are experiencing in this, in this phase? We start by making lifestyle changes. (laughs) A lot of women come in and they think, you know, they just got to work out. I'm like, no, no, no. That's the easy part. That's only 30 minutes out of 24 hours in the day. We see what's happening outside. So we take a look at everything else that's going on outside. How many hours are you working a day? Um, Mm. How many hours are you getting good quality sleep? Because it starts with your sleep and it's like, for a lot of women, it's not that they don't want to sleep. It's they can't sleep. <laughs> they want to sleep, but they can't sleep. So it's like they're fatiguing the day. So it's like, you know, that ricochet effect. So we start by looking, okay, what do you have going on outside? What time are you going to bed? Um, what time are you falling asleep? How many times are you getting up in the night? Those are the things that I look at and slowly start making changes. It does take a while, and I make sure they're aware of that because it's not something that can be fixed overnight because there's so many little pieces, right? Um, What time are you going to bed? What are you doing for you on a daily basis? How are you taking care of you? How are you pouring back? Because we're women. We're nurturers. We're giving. We give to everyone else, but I realize with a lot of women – what do you do for you? When I ask the questions, what do you do for you each day? It's like, they're literally shocked. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm like, no, what do you do for you? Their day starts taking care of everyone else. Whatever they do for themselves is the basic, you know, shower, put on makeup, but it's like, how do you show your appreciation for you? How do you Mm. want you? And that's all Mm -hmm. a lot of us, we didn't come from backgrounds where we were taught that, right? We didn't, we weren't taught that quote unquote luxury, but when you start taking care of you, you're healthier and happier to now take care of others. So that's something we, um, I look at, you know, make the lifestyle changes one step at a time. We take on one thing. Let's work on which one can you realistically implement as opposed to make all these changes at once. Because when you start to make too many changes too fast, you don't last because it's just too much. You already have so much going on. So it's like, take a picture of what you have going on and where you would like to be and slowly start making changes. The work is the easiest part. They think it's the hard part. It's not. It's the easiest part. (laughs) And so just on the workout before, Trisha, I know you have a question coming up. Um, 
it's interesting because I had, uh, I think it's Gabrielle Lyon is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon is, um, she's really much about, um, um, muscular, um, skeletal muscle, skeletal muscle, um, as a great combat, uh, for this phase of life. And so as a result of that, I, one of the things I've done, um, is I have, cut back on my cardio and increased my, well, I've always been in strength training, but it is, it's much harder to like build these muscles, um, especially my legs. Um, and, and, and I, and I'm really confused also because I just did a whole hormonal panel and found out that all of my levels are normal. Um, yet, and I still have my period regularly and it's light. It hasn't changed. Um, yet there are some other shifts like, you know, like the, the, um, I've had to, um, amp up like how I train my abs. Cause I feel that it's more poochy, um, muscle. It does feel like I'm, I'm lifting the weights. Like today I took a video of myself. I'm pushing four plates, but my legs don't feel as muscular as they used to be, you know, and uh, that's four plates aside. Right. And so, um, and anyway, so I, I'm in this confused state, but I do recognize the value of, of increasing my muscular strength. So, you know, I can understand why you're saying that as part of your programs. So let me touch on a few things there. So here's the thing with the hormone panel. It's still important to do, but what also happens because we're at a stage where the hormones are changing so fast, mm -hmm. <laughs> like what they could be last night and when you go to the test this mm. morning and then what it could be six to eight hours later mm. completely different okay. right so that's why it's hard to use the hormonal panel to tell if you're going through perimenopause they're good for other things because a lot of the symptoms that comes with perimenopause and thyroid issues are similar so i tell clients you still need to do your panel um to rule out other things because you mm. don't want to be playing with the thyroid mm -hmm. right? but what also happened that's why understanding the symptoms and realizing okay i'm experiencing this 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 and this even though my hormones seems okay so it means i'm really in perimenopause mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so, well i know you lift weights and you work out and that's what i tell people it's like i'm 44 you're over 50 and i'm like it does it is different and it's it's more challenging. Like I always said, in your 20s, you just snap. You lose five pounds. 30s, snap and hop. 40s, baby, it's different. But what I also um, tell women, it's at this stage, you don't need an hour cardio a day also because now you're sending your cortisol level in overdrive and that's telling your body, hey, hold on to the fat. Mm. So and no more than an hour cardio for the week. Mm. Anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes of cardio for the week, right? And HIT. I know HIT, high-intensity interval training, is huge. That's fine and dandy. I'll tell my clients over 40, leave that to the 20-year-olds. Leave that to them every day. No, I'm honest. HIT is not something perimenopausal women should be doing every day on every workout. Once again, that is sending your cortisol level in overdrive, telling your body to hold on to fat. Mm. Right. So tell women, if you want to do cardio every day, go for a walk, go for a light walk mm -hmm. in the, at this stage, our cardio should not be more than an hour for the week. Use that time and build muscle. And I'm like, you will not look like a man. I don't know why women 
Mm-hmm. Women keep thinking that still, but then when I slowly start explaining to them, and just like you, um, I have to. Re- I also realize, you know, the food around here it takes a little harder. So now I gotta also be looking at what I'm eating. Like my my body holding on to this a little bit longer. And also, you know, got to evaluate, are you getting enough rest? Are you getting good quality sleep every night? Because broken sleep, useless. Mm-hmm. Broken so this sleep. Is a great... <laughs> broken, broken sleep, that's my useless. life. That, broken that's... sleep is useless. Woof. It is. It is. Like, we should be in bed between 10 p.m. and sleep on until at least 5 a.m. Those are the times when our, she's laughing at me. Those are the times when our bodies, when, you know, because we have the natural circadian rhythm. So when we're going to bed at 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock, kind of miss a few things that's happening there and the ricochet effect. So one night of broken sleep, it can take your body up to a week to properly recover. Mm-hmm. That's one night. Mm-hmm. One night, think about <laughs> the amount of nights we don't get quality sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And that affects how we're able to build and repair muscles and protein. We also need protein at this stage, right? What other, um, you know, as you, as you touched on, we talk a lot about, you know, the workouts and building muscle. And, you know, I know personally the sleep piece, broken sleep is you know, past four or five years. And that was the the key for me a couple years ago. Like this doesn't, this isn't normal, no matter what uh, melatonin I take, that's one of the symptoms. Uh, and plus there are other things, but can we just touch on nutrition a little bit? You did speak on protein. So, you know, what we eat matters with muscle development. What else as it relates to nutrition and menopause do we need to consider? We also need to make sure we're getting enough fiber. Fiber is important. And fiber isn't, as soon as I'm saying this, I remember that meme a few years ago. We talk about Bruno. We don't talk about fiber enough. We don't understand, especially women who are looking to lose the the perimenopausal pooch. It's when we think about it, a lot of the processed foods we're eating, the fiber has been removed Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. Fiber keeps us full. Right. So if you take out the thing that keeps us full and you're having processed food, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You're going to more processed food. Right. Also, fiber is important for our gut bacteria. We all have good bacteria and bad bacteria in our gut. Having more fiber with each meal, it helps to feed the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. And then that also keeps you regular and that helps you to lose the belly fat because now you're building more good bacteria in your stomach. Um, We also need fat, healthy fats, healthy fats and protein. They also help to build hormones, right? We need those. So whenever I see, you know, women are going on these low carb, no protein, I'm like, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. Please don't. (laughs) I think caught up in the number on the scale as opposed to being healthy. And my thing is what's the point of you losing the weight if within two to three months, you're going to start having all these other health issues, right? So it's understanding, yes, we need carbs. We need the healthy carbs. We need the healthy protein. We need the health. We need the fiber. And this is where having fruits and vegetable comes in. Like those are the fiber. They help yeah. to keep you full. We need, um, we need healthy fats, you know, 
on Instagram every morning I show myself taking in my bonnet take on my story taking my fish oil because those are important and it's about making those sometimes those things seem boring but it's the little things that bring breakthrough. Those are the little things that help. So healthy fats could be pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, nuts, avocado. Like I tell people, avocado is so easy. Just just cut it. That's it. Right there, you have your fiber and you have healthy your fats. right? <laughs> Half an avocado with each meal, you're good. Mm-hmm. Right? We're so caught up in these diets and the number on the scale that we forget about how, you know, to feel. And sometimes, for example, not sleeping through the night, that's usually maybe you're low on magnesium, right? So got to up that. It's like there's so many little things Mm -hmm. that's going on. So where nutrition is concerned, I like to say, before you eat, look at your plate. Ask yourself these questions. Where's my healthy carbs? Where's my healthy fat? Where's my protein? Where's my fiber? If you don't have all of those, get them before you start eating. I like the fact, I like the ask questions. So I am, we're going to wrap, we're going to wrap up here. But um, I think what's really evident is we just need, you know, Trisha, kudos to you creating the space where we can bring in this content and Trudy, you know, using your platform to start to bring to light something that we're just not talking about enough. So both of you are really helping to start to amplify and give more voice to this. And, uh, and many of us are benefiting as a result. So really happy to really highlight this important topic here on this podcast. So Trudy, where do we find more of you online? You can find me everywhere. Train with Trudy. T-R-A-I-N with Trudy, T-R-U-D-I-E. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. uh, And soon LinkedIn again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hold you to that, girl. I'm going to hold you to that. We need you out there. We need the corporate people need you. (laughs) Yeah, you can hold me. You're giving me, you're giving me like. Even my third bloom is on LinkedIn. So, and, uh, and Trisha, where do we find more about my third bloom, especially as it's evolving and getting louder, louder and louder. Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, my third bloom. You can find me on Instagram as well at my third bloom and on Facebook. And what's happening this Wednesday. And it's actually, is it this Wednesday? Oh my goodness. It is this Wednesday, October 18th. Yes. It is officially World Menopause Day, and I have a virtual meetup that is happening in the metaverse where we are going to be, you know what I mean, holding space for these conversations, uh, doing a little bit of self-care and self-love, and just inviting everyone to uh, to join us. That's October 18th, 7.30. Uh, go to uh, My Third Bloom on Instagram for more information. And we'll also share the links um, all of the links in uh, in show in the show notes, and so Trudy, one final question um, that we have for you before you uh, before you leave us today. So you know, with this topic in mind, and this podcast being called "Empowered in My Skin," can you maybe express to us what that means to you? Empowered to my skin. Whew. Own who you are. Mm. Own where you are. Right, I think especially with inst- with social media, we tend to compare ourselves and our lives, and also what society tells us mm. we should be at this stage and where we shouldn't be. It's like 
wherever you are now, own it. Mm. Own it. Hmm. You're in perimenopause, own it. You're going through a divorce, own it. You're single, own it. Just, mm. just own it. And then, you know, whatever changes you want to make from then, start making them. I saw a quote a while back. It's your life. You're the author. Write, rewrite the story. Own mm. where you are. Write it if you don't like it. Mm. But just own it. Just own it. And with that, own it. Might have to be the title of this podcast episode. <laughs> own that Mary Perry menopause and menopause own journey. It. Own it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Own it. Yes. The faster we own and embrace perimenopause, the faster we just start looking for ways to navigate to it. Like, uh, we're going to some of us going to be here anywhere from five to 15 years. Might as well own it. Own it. <laughs> I love it. Own it. You heard it here. Thank you so much, my third bloom. Thank you so much, Train with Drudy. I love it. And to everyone that's listening, this is where we have to say, we're out. Bye. <laughs> Bye. There you have it. I trust you are feeling more empowered in your skin. As the late Dr. Maya Angelou said, when you get, you give, when you learn, you teach. So it would mean so much for us at EIMS if you would share this episode and tag us or teach an insight that you took from today's episode on your socials and tag us. Feel free to leave us a review over at iTunes and follow us on social media at Empowered of My Skin. Finally, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon.